Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Robert Persaud. I'm excited tonight. I'm jubilated because to know what God has done. This is resurrection day, as some people say. This is the time that we can rejoice. We can be uh, blessed to know that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We can be excited because he's no longer we do not live, look for the living among the dead because he's alive. And more so, he's alive within our hearts. And we know from the experience that Jesus Christ lives yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. So um, before we go to the word of God, let's go to the God of the word in prayer. Can we bow in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your love, your grace, your mercy, your compassion. We thank you for such a beautiful flow of your anointing just flowing through these um, these computers and through the media that you're touching lives from all over the world. We pray, dear God, that you will lift us above what we're going through, that we can trust in you, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Bless your word to our hearts. Glorify the name of Jesus and help us, dear God, as we walk with you, that we will be encouraged to walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I am excited, as I say here. You know, recently we've been talking about vaccine and vaccine. I believe what the churches need today is a vaccine. And that vaccine is a double a double jab of encouragement in our souls that we can be um, inspired and infused with the anointing and the power of God that we will be transformed to be fully what God wants us to be. The gospel of the kingdom is so simple and straightforward, but yet in-depth. And so we can experience that. I appreciate it so much. The word of God that says here in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, a very popular verse of scripture. It says, for unto us is born, unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Yes, the story of Jesus Christ on earth was he was born, he, a child was born in Bethlehem, a son was given in Calvary, and so that's where we know that he no longer on the cross, he's no longer in the grave, but he arose, and today he lives within our hearts. That's the beauty, and the, and the word of God tells us plainly about the purpose of Jesus coming to earth, to reach us. God gave his only begotten son, so that he could have many, many sons unto glory. That's the investment that God made. The most precious, the most expensive investment that he did in giving his son. For God, in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, God so loved. It's because of God's love 
coming into the world, Jesus Christ did came. And the beauty about it, it was not the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was the love of God because he could have called 10,000 angels to deliver him and set him gloriously free. But because of God's love, he held there on the cross of Calvary. Yes, and so we are thankful to God, even as the Apostle Paul's experience. He spoke about the crucifixion. He spoke about the resurrection right through the scripture, because these are important things within the Christian, within our walk, within our, our doctrines. So that's why we are so much and appreciated of what was said, you know. So there are three things that we look at this Easter season. Many people reflect on the, the death of Jesus as he was crucified on the cross. And we look secondly at the burial of Jesus. And thirdly, or lastly, we look at the resurrection because it all fits into, into one. Without the death, we would not have had the burial. Without the burial, we would not have had the resurrection. So one flows into the other. That our faith rests on the bedrock of God's word. In our experience with God, we know that Jesus is alive. We have experienced his, his power within us. And that's what we can rejoice about. You know, in the book of Galatians that Paul was talking, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. As I mentioned, there are three aspects, the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we see Paul was writing to the Galatian church, and he was saying to them, he was giving them a personal experience. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. That speaks about the, the crucifixion. And it speaks about a resurrection here. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In Galatians 2.20. Yes, it's a crucified life that we must identify that God is working with us. And we all, this flesh, this carnality, this carnal nature must be crucified. And to, uh, and to be given over to the Holy Spirit that he will come within us and work that the resurrection power of Christ may be a living reality. Hallelujah. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. It's crucified with Christ. Yes. And that's an important thing. You know, when we're crucified with Christ, the things of the world, you know, when we, when we talk about ourselves, and we focus attention so much to ourselves. Crucifixion is very important. The crucifixion that happened to Jesus, that was for our example. The flesh, we, our carnal nature has to be crucified, to be nailed and to be submissive to, to God. You know, my self-opinionated thoughts must be surrendered to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's no longer I, but Christ that liveth in me. Somebody said, it's not the I, but it's a bent I like the sea. Christ in me is the one that we submit to. Our distaste, my distasteful attitudes uh, must be laid on the altar of sacrifice. I'm using and saying here, my critical spirit of others 
uh, be set aside and see my brother and my sister through the eyes of the spirit as Jesus would see someone. Yes, I must shed my hypocritical words that wound a brother or another member of the body of Christ and not even knowing it. We must give up these things, allow the self-nature to be totally nailed and be crucified. My narcissistic ways and my narcissistic world where everything surrounds me between I, mine, and me must be nailed to the cross. And that's what that in, in the scriptures mention that it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. And that scripture in, in the book of John chapter 3, verse 33. It says what? He must increase, but I, the self-nature, the self-man must be decreased and Christ must be increased. That's the objective of every child of God, to glorify Christ, not to dwell in self-glory and self-praise and to be there. That takes us nowhere. Our self-effort will just be utter, will be an utter failure, but in trusting the Lord, he in us is where that's very important you know and if we read about that crucifixion of jesus he was embarrassed he was he was put aside he was treated in the in the harshest of ways sometimes when we speak about crucifixion that's what i mean when people can tell us things and we can take it for the lord we must be People who can say, well, okay, can I not take um, something for the Lord? And can I not give that up and say, Lord, I'm giving this up to you. But regardless of what men may say, I know that I'm walking with you. That's it. Jesus Christ, he was our example. You know, he was treated, ill-treated. The scripture says that he, um, in the book of, I think, Psalms, Psalms 22, it says this, Psalms 22, verse 6, I am a worm and no man. I am a worm and no man. That refers to Jesus. You know, where I come from in South America, there's a dip, big difference between a worm and a serpent. A worm um, crawls along quietly, and if you, only, if you should touch that worm, he coils around very in a very submissive way. But if you go close, you don't even have to touch the serpent. He hisses right back at you. And so that's the difference between the self-nature and the spirit-led nature. We must be submissive to God so that he can work within us and do that work that he has started in us. And we must allow him to be within our, our lives, what he wants us to be. Yes, we are we should be crucified with Christ, with Christ. Nevertheless, in crucifixion, we'll, we live, we will experience that life because it's no longer I, Robert Passat, that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And so that's very important. In the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 32, it reads these words that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb dumb before his shearers. So he opened not his mouth. He was beaten. He was treated beyond. You know, that's why 
in in the book of in the in the gospels jesus was teaching if someone slapped you in one face on one side of the face you turn the other cheek and so it means that you do not fight god is your defender he will be the one sometimes we are easily we are embarrassed by someone and the way they treat us but don't be discouraged god wants us to go through with him uh, um and to live for him and to please him you know it says here in first john chapter 2 verse 16 for all that is in the world just think about what happens in the world all that's in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life is not of the father but it's of this world so you find the system out there in the world there's competition and so we get easily develop a competitive spirit we start to compare ourselves and it's carnality to compare oneself with another person it's carnality when we try to do that god has only made you as one person there will never be another you because that's how god has made you so don't compare yourself don't live in a comparative world you started to look at someone and then immediately that comes in and we find things like jealousy envy grudge malice animosity all of these things start to develop us and it just it takes so much um into that realm that it takes us away from god and it focuses on ourselves it's i mine and me all the time and god wants christ to be glorified but we should look away from ourselves and we should see the crucified one we should see the resurrected one we should focus on him and be blessed and that's why the apostle paul wrote those words there and in the in in the book of philippians chapter 3 verse 10 it says this that i may know him and the power of his resurrection hallelujah to that and the fellowship of his suffering many people want to be part of and the that um the power of his resurrection but not so much people are in, want to be that part that fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death god is working on you saints god is working on me and he's bringing out the best by for his glory praise and honor let's not be like that serpent that would try to hiss back and fight against god's will but let us be like that little worm humble worm who just coil himself around and just submit crush me if you want to as as though he was saying so that's it and um that's very important that in in the scriptures speak this thing and in at this time we we are reminded of that scripture in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities our chastisement was upon him but with his stripes we are healed so we see that the lord has been through so much for us he has been a leader and he took it all and he did not fight or retaliate and god did bless him and for but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when he were dead and we were dead in sins had quickness 
with Christ. By the grace are you saved. So God has saved us and let us be encouraged to continue. You know, God has given us such a wonderful promise in his book, in his word, the Holy Writ that says in the book of John chapter 14, one of my favorite uh, um, piece of scripture, Jesus, after he had that problems with his disciples and, uh, and difficulties, they were going through a very tough time. And he gathered them together, John chapter 14. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He was giving them that reassurance. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Yes, he is coming back again. And we can appreciate that so much because as was stated, uh, that, that those words that were written on a T-shirt that we don't know if tomorrow will come again or return. But Jesus is. Yes, well, that's what we're sure about because he said he will. And he's gone to prepare a place for us and he will come again. And he has given us this beautiful assurance that we can rest in those words. And uh, we can be blessed. If we look over to um, the book of Revelation, chapter 118, here again, I know I'm quoting lots of scriptures here, but it's difficult to really have a Bible study and in-depth uh, into the word of God about the resurrection and so on. But it's just to encourage you because there is so much. We could only touch a few of the highlights. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18 says, I am he that liveth, I am he that liveth, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of death, uh, hell and of death, the keys. So it seems like there is something here that is beyond explanation. When he descended into Hades, he conquered death, hell, and he and he, he had having the keys and then he ascended and he gave gifts unto men. That seems to be a depth there that we still have to enter into of the understanding of those things. So and that's what it is that Jesus who was crucified today is alive forevermore. I, one of the things I love about the resurrection of Jesus Long before the resurrection of Jesus, there was a man called Joe, and he was being persecuted. He was being going through all sorts of distress and situations. And it so happened while he was going through his difficulties, his friends rejected him. Almost what some of us are going through, we are being rejected and not even no tension is being paid and we go through all of our struggles and all of that Job was going through. But there came a time, even when his wife told him to curse God and die, he refused to do that. But he had a vision way down through the corridors of time. He saw something and he saw the resurrection. And I'm so grateful that in the Old Testament, those beautiful words, 
in Job chapter 19, verse 25. Beautiful words. He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand in, in the latter day upon the earth. That's almost so prophetic, so profound that he held on and God is so much rewarded him. So that's what we need to do amidst whatever, because Jesus has risen years ago, 2000 years ago. He is no longer in the grave, but he has risen. I, I love that, that account written in the book of John, in the book of John 11. When Lazarus had died and they had buried him four days. And then Jesus came on the scene. Other of the friends of Mary and Martha came by. They just came to sympathize and to comfort them because their brother Lazarus had died four days. And when Mary and Martha, they saw Jesus coming upon the scene, they were so blessed. You know, she said what? She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said unto her, your brother will live again. Now, Jesus at that time had not been resurrected then. But here it is. Jesus went to the tomb and he said, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Somebody said, if he had just said, come forth, maybe all the dead. All those who were dead were just coming out of their grave. It would have been mass confusion. It would have been something else to think about. But he called him by his name, specifically, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth. And he was still bound with the grave clothes. And they said, loose him and let him go. Jesus. And then he spoke those beautiful words. He said to them, I am John chapter eleven twenty five. it is. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though ye were dead, yet shall he live. John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection. So Jesus, being the resurrection, speaking to the dead, Lazarus, and saying, come forth. Isn't that a miraculous thing to do? You know, I could imagine what was going on among the disciples there and among Mary and Martha and all of the people in Bethany, the whole village. It must have been an eruption. And so it is. That's what God has implanted into us. We have got the life of Christ. We have got everlasting life. We have got eternal life. We have got that life-giving flow in us. That's why he said that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what we have. That we can rejoice and just pray and look to him and just be faithful. This, this evening, I would like to ask those who may be listening for the first time. We welcome you to, and to this service. But also we wanted to ask you a very personal question that only you could answer. If, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? We're going to pray with you firstly. If you do not know Jesus, we'll give you an opportunity to know Jesus. And for those of us who have been walking with God, that know the Lord, and we are already on the road to Emmaus, walking with the Savior, we need to make that recommitment to the Lord. And we will pray and ask the Lord to come afresh, 
by his spirit and that he can touch us, revive us. That's what the churches need. Don't be discouraged. The Lord will see you through. Don't be disheartened. So first of all, can we just bow in prayer? Can we just bow in prayer? And I'd like to say a prayer and I'll ask you to repeat it, especially if all of us can repeat it, it's fine. And it would be better even those of us who do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is a moment of salvation where you can know Jesus tonight. Easter Sunday night could be the day where you have found the Savior, just like I did as a seven-year-old boy when I walked up to the altar. And from since then, I've been walking with the Lord. I've experienced the presence and the power of the Lord. So for those of us who don't know Jesus and would like to take him into our hearts, and for those of us who know Jesus and would like to pray this prayer to just say it after me. Heavenly Father, tonight I come to you in Jesus' name, realizing that I'm a sinner. I need you, Lord. I ask you, dear Jesus, to come into my heart, to cleanse me with your precious blood, to wash me and make me clean, pure and holy. Lord, help me to serve you, to live for you, and to walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And I'd like to pray also for those of us who are walking with God, that you know one of the greatest needs of the church today, what I'll tell you it frankly, what America needs is dedicated men and women of God. What Canada needs is dedicated men and women of God. What those in the Philippines, in the islands of the Caribbean, in South America, in India, in Africa, all over the world, the world needs Jesus. The world needs a deeper walk with him. That's why he sent Jesus into the world to save the world and for us that we can have a closer walk with him. So it's time for a recommitment. So if I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads. And if you would like to make that recommitment before the Lord on this Easter Sunday, tonight, you can have that cleared before yourself and before your God Almighty. Just say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in Jesus' name. And I ask you to touch my body and touch my spirit Touch my soul, make me whole, and renew my spirit to walk with you. Lord, I rededicate my life tonight to walk with you, to serve you, to love you, to be the example. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org. Thank you.